All right, welcome to Comic Chat number 66. I'm your host, Glendon McGee. I'm a 10-year comedian out of the Phoenix, Arizona area. I'm originally from Compton, California. You can find me on Facebook, Glendon McGee. You can find me on IG, GM3Comedy. That's uh, GM, the number three in the word comedy. Glendon McGee, that is G as in ginger, L E N. D-O-N-M-C-G-E-E. There you go. Uh, You can find me on those two uh, social media platforms. Today's date is Tuesday, January the 25th, 2022. Can't believe that we are uh, almost done with the first month of the year. Just like that. But I guess that's what they mean when they say time flies uh before i get started i just want to say that i am super excited and i am ceaselessly happy and infinitely grateful for your um tuning in to this podcast i just want to thank everyone who is a loyal listener of this podcast thank you for your time thank you for your focus thank you for just supporting Thank you for your energy because you don't have to grant it to me. And uh, thank you for making the choice to uh, listen to this podcast because I know at times it could be controversial, but that's kind of who I am, though. I don't like to stir the pot, but I like to. I'm self-righteous. I'm self-righteous because I'm kind of an activist spirit. I want to stand up to shit and I want to go out there and scream and yell and tell the motherfuckers, they can't do that. You know, you can't do that to me. <laughs> that's that's me. So I usually uh, have a lot of militancy uh, when I when I talk, especially when it's about race matters. So thank you for sticking in there with my crazy ass because uh, I know I could be a little much for a lot of people. Um, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker. And right here on this beautiful casting platform called Anchor, there is 65 other episodes you can listen to. Uh, before we get started today, we're just going to have a moment of silence for three people. Uh, Louis Anderson, who we all know, Lucia Harris, and uh, a dear friend of mine, uh, Mr. Thois. Barnes. Um, we have a moment of silence for them right now. All right, rest well, uh, you guys. We all know who Louis Anderson is. You know, famous comedian, writer, actor, won an Emmy for the show uh, Baskets. Uh, on ABC a few years back. Uh, he was a, a very um, funny guy. Just, uh, just a very funny dude. Just I don't really have any fond memories of his stand-up because I really, you know, it's been a while since I've seen him. I think the last time I've seen him do stand-up was like 1994 or some shit like that. So I really don't have any uh, 
recollections of him stand-up wise because I haven't heard him in over fucking 20 years and shit so but he we all know who he who how great he was if you're like over 30 you know who Lenny Louis Anderson was Lenny <laughs> um Lucia Harris was the uh queen of basketball man she was the queen of basketball I, a lot of people say would say queen of women's basketball but no she was the queen of basketball because she won three national championships while in college uh i forget what university she, university she goes to she went to um she also was the first woman to score in you in women's usa basketball history she also was the first and only woman to be officially drafted into the nba way back in 1990 1977 1977 1997 only uh 1977 she was drafted by the uh, the new orleans jazz which is which is very uh, interesting she won 3 gold medals i think too and she was uh she was inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame in 1992, which was like the same year that America said, fuck it, we're just going to cheat. <laughs> and we're going to put every great basketball player that we have in our league right now, we're going to put them all on one team and just murder the world. And, and that's pretty much what they did. It was, it was quite the phenomenon, but... I was 10 years old. I loved it, but I still thought that we were cheating. (laughs) Uh, But that's because America sets the standard for basketball. So rest in peace, Lucia Harris. And thank you for being an inspiration to women and in sports. Because uh, you did a lot. And you will be missed. It's, It's... it's fucked up that they don't talk about her as much as they talk about Cheryl Miller. Like, they, I've only heard her name, like, twice. And that was... Back in 1992 was the first time. And then when she died was the second time. So, I, I think that she didn't get a fair shake as far as being uh, recognized for her uh, game. But she is... Um, she's in a better place now, and... She will be missed by those who knew and loved her and those who were fans. Um, Thoas Barnes, man. He was my best friend's dad. And uh, he was a very integral part of my uh, young adult life. He was a very nice man. He was always there. For his sons. No matter what. He was always there for his sons. And if he could help you. He would do it. Had a drop of a hat. He was like one of the kindest people. I ever met. He was so kind that. uh, I was. When I was 18. My mother had uh, put me out of the house. Because we didn't really have a. uh, We didn't have a great relationship. Due to, you know, my father's absence and being a knucklehead on the streets. So we didn't have a a great relationship. And I kind of bear the brunt of 
her resentment towards him. So uh, she put she put me out like shortly after I graduated high school. Like 2001 was uh, was a very traumatizing year for me because I was uh, I was a homeless teen and I was spent a couple of years in on the streets of fucking Hollywood going from fucking shelter to shelter and shit. Uh, I lived in uh, Lone Beach Mission for a while. And, and I'd been like all over. And uh, Thoas and his wife took me in. And uh, I lived with them for like three or four years. So I owe him a lot because... If it wasn't for them uh, sticking their necks out for me, I don't know where I uh, would have ended up. It was a very scary time in my life. And I would never, ever forget what him and Mrs. Morins did for me. Like, he was always cool. Like, he was always cool. He would drive me and and my best friend and and our other friend. We'd, We'd go, the three of us would go to Del Amo Mall in South Bay Galleria. This was, like, back in 90... 97, 98 high school years and shit. We used to be out there damn near every other Saturday, even sometimes every Saturday we'd be there, you know, looking for girls and, you know, shopping and shit. And, and sometimes we would go to the movies and and he would, no matter how late it was, he'd come pick us up. Like, he was a really, you know, really nice man. He was kind of like the father that I desired to be for, for my kids. You know, but circumstances changed that, at least for right now. But, you know, he was a very, uh, was a very nice man. He was very, uh, he was very loving to his family. Like he did anything, anything for his sons, anything for his wife. He was a great, great example of what a black man should be. And uh, I pray that, I reached the number of years that he reached and I can gain as much wisdom as he had and carry myself in a dignified manner such as he because he was a he was a cool dude man he was really cool I wish that a lot of my listeners could know this man because I never really seen him in a bad mood like I seen him raise his voice I heard him raise his voice a few times a few times but it was never really that bad. You know, it was never really that bad. And he kind of treated me like I was one of his sons. So rest in peace, uh, Mr. Barnes. I'm going to miss the hell out of you, man. And i never forget anything that you did for me. So it was just, it, he'll be missed. Like I missed the crap out of him already. It kind of like broke my heart yesterday when I when I saw the post and I'm really trying to uh, fight being choked up right now because I want to I want to talk about him in a positive light and I don't want to bring everybody down with uh, the sadness of his passing but he was a very uh, he was a very good man very good man a lot of a lot of us should strive to be like him Yeah, so, yeah, but it's been a very interesting week for me. I had a, 
had a few great sets last week. I didn't go out on Tuesday, but I went out on like Wednesday to El Charo and Thursday we have Wayward uh, and uh, Grand Avenue Pizza, Wayward. And they're like right across the street from each other over on Grand Ave. And I had two good sets on Wednesday and Thursday. I've been writing a lot of new stuff. <clears throat> it's, it's crazy because I've been brainwashing myself with these uh, subliminal affirmation videos that you have on YouTube. I got my um, my earbuds. And I'll put it in. I'll listen to it about three times a day. And if I remember, I'll listen to it uh, before I go to bed or while I'm sleeping. So, And it's it's really been helping me write some really good stuff. Like, I wrote some shit about me being a sperm cell. And it, I have to tweak that a bit. But it, it went over relatively well for the first time that I told it. So it's very, um, I think it's very funny. I just need to uh, listen to it more and see where I can add stuff and if I need to chop off some fat or whatever, but it's been, uh, I've been having, um, a very high energy comedic time for like the last month. I think it's because of the, uh, the subliminals because I've been, uh, I did something on Saturday that I, that I can do, but I don't do it enough. I don't think, because I think I'd be afraid of, uh, not being funny. I think that I'm afraid sometimes of having that dead space of something not hitting, so I don't I don't go off the cuff as much as I should. I won't say as I would like because I really don't like going off the cuff. I kind of love to to have a performance pattern out and do it that way, but if the audience kind of guides me away from that, then I'll accept it because the show is about them. It's not about me. It's I'm just the the uh performer there my objective is to satisfy them so if they pull me away from my material then I you know I just go with it because I love them like it's it's crazy because when I'm in when I'm in mid-performance and it's and I'm like crushing and people are laughing the the energy is so positive like, I'm standing up there, and I'm feeling all this, all my surroundings, and I feel, sometimes I feel as light as a feather, and I know that that is like a cliche saying or whatever, but that is the best way I can describe when I'm in the middle of a, a nice set, like, when I'm fully engaged, and I have their energy, and they have my energy, and we're exchanging, it is, it is a very nice feeling I even uh, I posted on Facebook the uh, yesterday that uh, stand-up is like boxing if you don't like getting hurt stay off the fucking stage because this shit is not what you see on Netflix stand-up comedy life is not what you see on Netflix stand-up comedy life is rough because nobody cares about you these clubs don't care about us. All they care about is if we have enough friends or followers to, to give them money. And that's basically what corporate, uh, what the corporate energy is. Greed. 
greed and you 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 devalue people unless they can satisfy a need or a urge of yours, which is usually money. So if you if you want to get in the stand up, man, make sure you got some balls. Because this shit is going to hurt you. And it's not just bombing. It's interacting with other comedians. At least my experience here in Phoenix. It's interacting with other comedians. Because everybody here thinks that they're the the next big thing. So they look at everybody like competition. But it really ain't no competition because we don't get rewarded any fucking thing. Like you you can get on you can get on stages and in the clubs here. But you're probably gonna have to lick some ass. You're probably gonna have to toss a motherfucker's salad. Tell a motherfucker that he's fantastic. And then once you get in the door, they tell you what you can say or how you can say it and all that shit for that little funky ass $300 or whatever they give you because it ain't no it ain't no real money in stand up I do this shit because I love to make people laugh I love to tell jokes and I love writing jokes it's just the lifestyle that I'm in love with stand up is like a drug all it takes is for one hit and you could be hooked. But just like any other drug, you could take that one hit and not like it. And then you'd be done with that drug forever. But me, I liked it. Fuck like I loved it. I still love it. I mean, I put up with all this shit. Like not getting booked, you know, writing and, and, and trying out fucking dead ideas. You know, uh, just trying to stay out of the way so my name don't end up in rape allegations or some shit like that because <laughs> that, that's another part of it is the the social aspect of stand-up you, you be around people too much your name end up in shit for no fucking reason and it's just so much gossipy and everybody's i gotta take him down because he's in the way of my dreams or whatever and nobody's in the way of anybody's fucking dreams here. There's just a lot of insecure motherfuckers looking for some attention because they probably had a rough childhood just like I did. So I really don't understand, you know, all the the conflict and all the stupid ass hate and all the 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 bitchiness that we 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 deal with in this in this comedy game because basically all we doing is elbowing each other for stage time ain't none of us out there really making no fucking money unless we got a show of our own that we can take outside this motherfucker so we basically just elbowing each other for fucking uh to get rejected basically you get out of the way so i can approach the clubs and they can tell me no and sometimes that's not even, you know, that's not even my objective to to be in the clubs or to be this super famous comedian. 
I know I'm 10 years in, but I'm still, my main focus is still getting funnier. I desire to, to have sets where everything hits on a, on a, on an astronomical level where every joke is like big pop, big pop, big pop. Like, like I said, I want I know it's cynical to say, but I, I want to bring a person near death or to death with laughter. I mean, if I kill a dude from laughter, at least he'll go to fucking hell happy. <laughs> or he'll go to heaven or whatever. I don't, I don't know where everybody's going, but you know, I just, I, I desire to, to bring that heat. Like I'm, I'm not in a hurry to be on Netflix with a fucking suit on, acting like a motherfucking big wig, walking around with fucking shades on, waiting for some fat ass to tell me a joke about crip walking because he thinks my legs being fucked up is hilarious because he can't deal with the fact that he's shaped like a hard-boiled egg. There's always fat motherfuckers that come up to me and tell me that shit. Hey, uh, man, can, can, can I tell you a joke? Uh, I left the hood because I almost got shot by a, a crip walking. Like, like, what type of stupid shit is that? And then they, they like, smile and expect me to fucking laugh at that shit. Like I'm, like, I'm some dumb fuck. Like, I don't know when I'm being insulted. And it's always some fat motherfucker. And then I just, you know, I humor him. Or I'll say something slick. And, and kind of hurt their feelings. But I just, I don't understand what it is with fat motherfuckers that they, they just want to come at me. I don't get it. It's not my fault that you need a pulley system to get out the fucking bed. It's not my fault that you sweat while you chew gum. It's, it's not my fault. I, I just don't understand that shit. And then it, it's, it's not that I'm annoyed that they uh, tell me jokes or tell me or try to talk shit about me. It's not that I'm annoyed by that. I'm just annoyed by the lack of fucking effort. Every motherfucker that walks up to me and asks me if they could tell me a joke, the punchline is Crip Walk. Because the only thing they see about me is how I walk. And that's the thing. That's what annoys me. I have a lot of other fucked up shit about me that you could just go in on. I could roast myself for like an hour. But they pick the lowest hanging fucking fruit every time. Sometimes I want you to tell me an insulting joke about me that'll make me laugh. But if you come at me with this hack ass shit that I've been hearing since 1987. I've been hearing that shit in elementary school. Junior high school, high school, all that shit. I was hearing that joke. I've heard that joke literally millions of times. And every time it just make me want to slap the fuck out of whoever tell it to me. Because they always got that dumbass grin on their face like they came up with something clever. You lazy brain motherfucker. That's not, that's not clever. 
Think of some fucking shit. Tell a motherfucker. Hey, anybody tell you you look like a failed abortion? There is easy shit you could go after. But these motherfuckers, crip walk. <laughs> and it's just like, man, I just want to stay. I just want to tie them down to a chair and just put a big hot piece of steak on a fork, like just out of their reach. And just watch that fat motherfucker try to reach out his tongue and try to do everything he can to get that fucking steak. I just want to do it. Every time they do that to me, I just want to torture a fat person. Because it's just, I don't get it, man. It's, it's, I know what it is. It's projection because they don't like how they look. They don't like that they shape like a hot air balloon. So they, they choose to, to, to try to pick on me. Because it's some shit that I can't help. To make themselves feel less fat. Wheezing and shit. While they laugh at their shitty ass joke. (laughs) Fuck out my face with that shit. Think of some other shit. I got fucked up teeth. (laughs) You could talk about that shit. One of my eyes go to the left. Or one of my eyes go far to the right. It's my right eye. It's like the, the Tracy McGrady eye and shit. You could attack the fuck out of that shit. With these motherfuckers. Crip walk. <laughs> Alright, congratulations on your special ed joke. You just proved to me that being handicapped is not as fucked up as, as, as it seems. Because even if you got straight legs, you can still be retarded. So, it really don't, you know, it's really no knock on me. I'm just sick of hearing the same joke. It's like somebody saying, knock, knock, who's there? Orange, orange who? Aren't you glad I didn't say banana? Every single time they tell you a joke, it's that fucking joke. That's how it feels. And the, the, the silly ass grin that they have on their face, like they really got a good one. Like they really sat and thought hard for that shit. This is retarded. I know I, I went on like, I'm, this is like a 15 minute rant about this shit, but it's just, I've been in comedy for 10 years and I'm only annoyed at the, the times I heard it since I've been a comedian. All the other past shit when I was in school, that shit don't fucking matter. I don't give a fuck about that shit. But just hearing the same joke I've been hearing from for since the late 80s, bro. It just shows you how stupid people are. Because it takes it takes thought to come up with something clever. But this age of social media, it got us so fucking lazy that we don't even want to use our minds. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to take your thought away. Take your creativity away. Numb your senses down where you can't create because that's where that's what we are we are beings of creation our whole purpose down here is to create abundance and prosperity and goodness and beauty all that that's our whole purpose down here is to create something beautiful for ourselves and others but they want to dumb us down 
with, with pop culture, social media, sports, and entertainment and all that shit. They want to numb us down. Like I was uh, listening to this video about bread and circuses. Because watching those games this weekend was a waste of time. Because if you're a smart person and you can recognize patterns, you know that all three of those, all fucking four of those games was rigged as shit. Because the NFL don't change the script. They don't change how they do it. If a team gets a big lead, but they're kicking field goals, they're either going to give up that lead and lose the game, or they're going to give up that lead and win by a field goal. And that's basically all the games this weekend did that. All the, all the games this weekend did that. And then the uh, the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, everybody's acting like, oh, Patrick Mahomes scored in 14 seconds. None of the defensive backs were playing defense. They literally let this motherfucker run in between them and catch a touchdown pass. It was a big-ass gap between those defenders. But they want you to lie to yourself and say, oh, well, oh he just made a good move. Bullshit. I was watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. And I watched uh, Jalen Ramsey. He let Mike Evans run right past him. He let him run right past him, catch a touchdown pass. See, they do these, they do this shit. And, and I know that I'm not the only one that see it. I know I'm not the only one that see it. But they depend on you to lie to yourself. Because you're looking for an escape from who you are. Because you don't want to get off your ass and make necessary changes that you know you need to make. So you want to pacify yourself with these fucking games. They don't even have no meaning on our society. They do absolutely nothing for anyone. Except distract. And that's what, you know, basically the video was talking about. How basically we... We don't have no sense of spirituality. Because sports and entertainment is our spirituality. He was talking about how you'll see a motherfucker in church. But which I really didn't agree with because I've been to church. I know what that shit is. You just telling me a story and expecting me to pay you for it. So that's why people not into, you know, church. And, and church has the guilt trip energy. They're trying to make you feel guilty about how you live it. So that you bend to their will and that you, you, you suck. They can suck all the money out your pocket. Be under the guise that you are creating a better afterlife for yourself by going to that building. And listening to this fucking... Uh, shyster talk but he did make some valid points about how you know we'll pray for our team but we won't pray for our own well-being like 
Will like, like he brought up something that uh Howard Cosell said. He said that the Dallas Cowboys are more than a football team. They're a religion. A religion in Texas. And that is a that is one of the truest statements I ever heard because if you watched that game a couple weeks ago with them in the 49ers and you saw that stadium motherfuckers got cowboy jersey that whole damn stands was filled with niggas cowboy jerseys and shit we'll go put on that jersey we'll go paint our fucking face we'll hold up signs we will sit in the the stadium seat and pray if the game is close you'll see motherfuckers praying their hand their hands clasping their eyes closed with their head down praying for this motherfucker to kick a field goal but a motherfucker won't get on their knees and pray for a better existence and that was you know that was i watched that and that was really the 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 part of the video that really got me he went into other things too like how basically all European nations mother themselves after the Roman Empire. All the greedy ones. And he made basically a bunch of similarities about America and Rome and, and it made a lot of sense. It's not it's nothing I really ain't heard before because I've been hearing about bread and circuses since like twenty fourteen. It just became more evident to me in recent years that that's what it is. And the only reason it's around is because we are afraid of the truth. We afraid we're going to have to get up and fight for our fucking freedom, for our damn psychological freedom. We are scared we're going to have to kill somebody to, to, to get our freedom back. So we'll go along with the bullshit. Because all it is, they put on a fucking circus for us. Damn game. They fix out that. They fix the outcome. And then they have all the, the dumbass motherfuckers like Stephen A. Smith talk all loud and exciting about it. So that you forget what the fuck you just saw. I've been watching the NFL all my life. In the last 20 years, it's just been complete and total bullshit. And then everybody just go along with it. Motherfuckers talking about Tom Brady's the GOAT, but we all know he cheated for half his championships. We all know he cheated. Started with the goddamn tuck rule against the Raiders. That was a fucking fumble. I brought that up in another episode. I brought that up already. That was a fucking fumble. Then the motherfuckers, uh, Spygate and all that shit. They turned it into something cute. But these motherfuckers was cheating. And we, we didn't, you know, we paint him as this golden boy of fucking football. And then all the 49er fans, it's getting, getting happy because they beat the Green Bay Packers. The NFL don't like Aaron Rodgers. Especially when he came out with that anti-vax statement. Because when he said that, he said that about vaccines. He basically said, I'm anti-government. 
So they said, fuck you, Aaron Rodgers. We're going to build you up. And then we're going to knock you down. Same thing they was doing to uh, Kyrie Irving when I brought up. Stephen A. Smith talking shit about him every day. Trying to guilt trip him into to getting a vaccine so he could play basketball for him. So he could have something to talk about. With that fucked up hairline and shit. So he can run his big Philadelphia mouth about some shit he can't do. Every day he talking shit about this nigga. Till he finally broke. I think he's playing now. I'm not sure because I haven't been keeping up with the NBA because that shit's been trash too. The NBA ain't been shit since 2010. And I'm being nice. I'm being nice. So, I don't know, man. Right now, I'm just leaning on not watching the championship games, not watching the Super Bowl. It's nothing, you know, I'm not trying to uh, boast about myself like I'm better than you because you will watch it. I just, I'm tired of, of looking at the same thing. And pretending like it's not that. And then arguing with niggas. Because they need a escape. You cannot escape reality. And I think that's you know a part of the transformation that I am reaching. Because all the things that I'm starting to, to realize in my life that were distractions. And, and basically self-created escapes like weed and, and sports and all that shit I'm starting to feel a little bit of a disconnect from it mainly sports weed is like not as strong as sports right now but my spirit is really like why are you watching this shit they don't even let black quarterbacks win it's been fucking down there 60 Super Bowls only 3 black quarterbacks have won but I'm sitting here cheering like a fucking dumbass for Dak Prescott <laughs> or Kyler Murray or some shit like they really gonna like they really want us winning their Super Bowl cause it ain't a it's nothing it's just another form of white supremacy cause every star quarterback that they really push is white been like that since I started watching it. They talked about Warren Moon because he was a he played the quarterback position like a white quarterback. He stay in the pocket, read the defense, drop back and throw, drop back and throw. But you they didn't really talk about Randall Cunningham, who was like the the Michael Vick Vic before Michael Vick. And just watch how they talk about Lamar Jackson. How they talk about how he he's not a quarterback. He's just a running back playing quarterback. Because he make the defense look stupid. He can shake and juke and spin. and But you don't hear them say nothing about old dry ass Josh Allen. Nigga just running a straight line. He running a straight line. He don't juke, don't spin, nothing. I, I haven't even seen a nigga throw a stiff arm. But they talk about how 
how savvy he is and how quick he is and how fast he is. Look at the speed, Jim. Look at the speed. But when a black quarterback do the same exact thing, he's not even a quarterback. He's a running back playing quarterback. But I'm supposed to donate my Sundays to this shit that don't even respect me as a black person. All the white quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, all them niggas, they get credit for throwing the ball to niggas. Okay, yeah, he might get hit. But after that ball is gone, he going to take that one hit, get up, or if he hurts, stay down for a minute. But if it's a short pass and that shit go for 30 yards, that is most likely it's going to be in the hands of a black dude who got to shake and juke and fucking jive his way to the goddamn end zone. And if he get to the end zone and they score a touchdown, then all the announcers talk about what a great pass it was. It was a goddamn two-yard screen. What, 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 what great delivery. What great touch, Jim. Wait, look at how he uh, holds on to the ball and, 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 bring, and sucks the defense in. And just right at the right moment, he releases it. That wasn't even, that wasn't shit. That was like a tenth of the fucking play. What about this motherfucker spinning and shaking and stiff-arming his way down the goddamn field? And you got up. Uh, Niggas like Antonio Brown. Brain damaged the shit. Nobody remember none of the stuff he did in Pittsburgh. Nobody know. Nobody remember how he was like one of the sweetest route runners in the game. All niggas know is him leaving the Buccaneers because Bruce Arians being racist. Trying to make him go in the game. He probably said the N-word, but we don't know that. We don't know that because they ain't going to let that out, even if it did happen. They're not going to let that shit out. They're going to paint it like they painted it. Ah, the nigga's crazy. The nigga's crazy. I don't know why they keep giving him jobs. I don't know why he's still in the league. They're going to vilify him and make it seem like it's something wrong with him. But he the one catching passes, fending off defenders, going across the middle, going across the middle, getting sandwiched by dudes. But that's what you know when you don't want to realize what you are part of. You lose, you you use anything to pacify and distract yourself. And I'm done with that shit because. I can't even be distracted by it. All I see is the goddamn fake shit. All I see is the the referees throwing flags on big plays for the team against the team that's not supposed to win. You ever notice how when they fix a game against Tom Brady, he always get mad. He always arguing with the refs because he not used for them. He not used to them not fixing the game for him. He's usually he used to being the one that have all the flags and shit going his favor. So when they start going against him, he wondering what the fuck happened. What does he do? And it is retarded how we sit here and we act like we don't 
see that shit. Just like fucking the NBA. Lakers should have lost in 2000 to the Blazers. And they should have lost in 2002 to the Kings. And I'm a Lakers fan. They should have lost those two series. Kobe Bryant should have... What? Three rings? Instead of five? He's supposed to have three rings. And what really got me onto, um, onto it was... Back in 1996, Super Bowl 30, I told you guys the story a million times before. A Cowboy fan. Uh, I seen Neil O'Donnell throw Larry Brown two interceptions on purpose. And that's what opened my mind to the fact that they are just putting on a show for us. So that we have no clue on what's really going on. It's just bread and fucking circuses. They used to do it in ancient Rome. Pacify the people and keep them distracted from the nation falling by giving them chariot races and gladiator fights, free food and shit, building monumental fucking stadiums to watch these events that have no impact on the government or are the the social well-being of that nation. It's just to distract you. Keep you from knowing what's really going on. Keep you from knowing what these sneaky government motherfuckers are really trying to do. Keep you from knowing the laws and shit. Like you ever notice how they put a man on the street and he asked him how he asks people about the country? He'll ask them, what is the, the, the three branches of government? Don't nobody know shit. But if he tell you how many a thousand, if he ask you how many a thousand yard seasons Ezekiel Elliott has had, we can tell him that shit. It won't even take any thought. We just that shit will just come out. But we don't think that nothing's going on. We don't think that we being brainwashed. We don't think that they are uh, setting us all up. If you ain't rich, you're a part of the setup. And all them goddamn bread and circuses is a part of the shit. And with that being said, this has been a comic chat number 66. I'm your host, Glendon McGee. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Glendon McGee, on IG, GM3 Comedy. That's GM, the number three, comedy. Uh... I'll probably be at Golden Margarita tonight. I'll be at El Charo on Wednesday. Uh, Wayward and Grand Avenue Pizza on Thursday. And I'm supposed to uh, perform uh, this weekend with Doughboy and uh, another dude. A couple of dudes from Wildin' Out. I'm supposed to do a show at the uh, I think Tempe Center for the Arts. That's on a Friday. I think tickets are still available. So, uh, and then Saturday I'll be at El Charo again uh, for a, another show. So I have like a full week. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I want to say one more time that you guys are beautiful. You are divine spiritual beings. You are worthy of the life you desire and is coming to you 
quickly, easily, and effortlessly. A prosperous and abundant life. If the a prosperous and abundant life is the birthright of every human being. So it's not just, you know, something that you can have. It's a birthright for you to be prosperously abundant. And your prosperity and your endless prosperity and abundance is coming to you right now. You guys are beautiful. Thank you for uh, listening and donating your time to this wonderful uh, podcast. You can find it on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker. And right here on this lovely streaming platform, Anchor, there is 65 other episodes you can listen to. Thank you, guys. I love you all. And all your dreams are coming to you quickly, easily, and effortlessly right now because you deserve them and you're worthy. Until next time, I love you and goodbye.